Turn me up, Nate. Hi, this is the Culture Edition with Talisa Elliott, and I am so happy to be here with Ms. Courtney Lapsley. Um, this is going to be a wonderful episode, a wonderful conversation, and I'm so happy to hear all of your answers to my very inquisitive mind. Um, <laughs> so go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Let the people know who you are. Okay, perfect. I just want to start by saying thank you for having me, Talisa. I'm um, happy to be here. Uh, again, I'll share it. My name is Courtney. Um, I am a New York native, originally from New York, and now relocated in Memphis. Um, I would like to meet you for a brief panel discussion we had a few weeks ago, um, a youth roundtable, so to speak, and you all really had some really great insight, and you Thank were far ahead of where I was at your age, so when you said <laughs> I do this, I was like, of course, I would love to, um, just to learn a little bit more, because that discussion really was just like, the tip of the iceberg on seeing what you can do. So I'm really excited to be here today as well. Oh, thank you. Um, speaking back on that panel discussion, that was actually really awesome. And I was actually more inspired by you and Miss Triplett and everyone else, more so than honestly the entire panel. I was like, all these Black women who are doing great things, I've never seen so many in my life. So thank that you. was so really awesome. Um, and I just wanted to hop into this, like, simply just saying, like, how are you in this these crazy times. I mean, 2020 has really been a really big loop. So how are you? And just take take it and go with it. Uh, you know, the answer is always, I'm doing good. Um, <laughs> and I can't complain, which is true. But at the same point, it is hard. Like it yeah. is heavy. And it's like, you feel the weight of the world on some of these issues, even though they aren't lucky. I've been fortunate enough where things aren't directly impacting me, but you Feel, you still feel the weight of what's happening within the Black community um, with the COVID piece. So it's it's tough. It's not easy at all. I mean, I've been having mental check-ins with my friends, um, trying to decompress. I know we hosted a, a virtual cooking night, like Chopped. We did that oh, one. That's really nice. So it's been trying. We've been trying to do different things like virtual games and stuff like that because it's nobody's wants to be in the house for this long. <laughs> Nobody yeah. and working from home. And I mean, that's why I'm saying it's good. And I really can't complain because I'm fortunate enough to still be healthy, to still have a job. But it the climate is weighing on us. Mm -hmm. and so to say, I can personally speak for me to say that it's not easy, but you still have to keep pushing through. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. I think that as a student, um, this virtual thing, it's not it. It really, it's really not it. Um, I am a visual learner and mm -hmm. I have to be in person. I have to be in school. And I'm also like my love language is quality time. So being away Aww. from my friends is like, it's the worst thing ever. I'm like, dang, best friends, where y'all at? Like we can't, and then I don't have a car. So there you go with that. So, that <laughs> so, you know, it's not like, all right, we're going to social distance and have fun. Right. And you can come over, but you got to wear a mask or anything like that. So it's been really hard. Um, FaceTime has been my best friend right now. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, um, I think that that really kind of resonates with how we're doing as students and also just how we're doing as like black women and black girls. Right. Um, considering that I know a lot of teenagers, we're so involved with our phones, like 
media is everything to us and we're so involved with everything that's happening and it's just really taking a toll on us differently, different people, different things, different stories. So how has it been for you as a black woman? And, you know, just really unpack and unfold because honestly, any answer is valid. Right. Um, so similar to your point, it feels like those are the people who like me with social butterflies, you feel like you're in a cage because you can't see the people you want to see, especially right. if you a car or something like you can just get in your car and drive or <laughs> do something just get a break of the scenery sometimes I find myself just going on a walk like doing anything because I'm like I just don't want to sit in the house all day anymore I'm, I'm not trying to get this corn tummy anything <laughs> that, corn tummy. that's a separate element um but being a black woman it's definitely it feels it's it's different because I know they always like to say um you know, the most disrespected race in America is a black woman. Mm -hmm. And it, it's true when you see that with things like Breonna Taylor and everything surrounding her, it's like, she's she still, well, I guess more recently, she's kind of getting the justice that we wanted for her, but it shouldn't have taken that long. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's not easy because it's always a constant fight where as a black woman, you have to be twice as good to be considered even half as good as some of the the white yeah. so it's never it's never easy to be honest um but you always taking a stride it's similar to like what you're saying when you see black women in the room you always find a way to connect with them like <laughs> yeah it's like you just see people um and you just you just spark a conversation because it's like this is someone who i can relate to this this feels comfortable so yeah. it's so when we when I do see other black women or black people in general, sometimes that conversation is just natural because we have we have our skin tone in common. We're often the minority in some of these rooms. So we tend to gravitate towards each other. Yeah, um, I would really like to know you mentioned that you're from New York. You're not a Memphis native. So I really want to know what does that is it different here in Memphis? Has Memphis been treating you right versus New York? Like, what does that look like? What's that dynamic? <laughs> it is different. So when I first moved here, I was I was like, okay, I'm gonna live downtown. And I'm thinking mm. this is gonna be like New York downtown. <laughs> so <laughs> So uh, when I came for my interview, I was like, okay, maybe I'll just call it downtown at a slow time. You know, it was early. It was a Monday. So maybe that's why there weren't a lot of people. <laughs> and I moved down here and it was like a week went by and I said, I've only seen, I've only seen 10 people. What's happening? But <laughs> <laughs> so somebody explained to me where the people are at. And then that's when I got the whole dynamic of, this downtown is different from like a downtown I'm used to and you probably know, a lot of people there aren't yes. <laughs> <laughs> they like Bill Street is like the yeah. busy street but it's not gonna be busy during the weekday it's only gonna be busy yeah. during the weekends at night so I was like okay and then even with the not the hospitality granted that's good but the the friendliness I'll say that mm -hmm. the friendliness of people waving and saying hello when I first got here I was like what are you doing what do you want? Why are you looking at me? Because that's not the nature in New York. It's like the city of minding your business. I'm getting from point A to B and that's it. So when people were doing that, I was, I was so shell shocked because I'm like, what is happening and why are random people? <laughs> so I had to get used to that. Um, granted, it's nice. I say hello to people too. 
Um, but I kind of got untrained where I went home uh, for the Christmas break last year. It was like two weeks. And then I came back and people were saying hello. And I was like, what's happening? And I was like, oh, right, right. I'm, I'm <laughs> so people say that. They say that for no reason. Um, and they're just happy to see other people on the street. But it's yeah. different. It's a lot I, I need to know who you're talking to because usually when I'm out here, I'm the one saying hi, you know, I'm, I like to initiate, but you know, people would just be like looking at you crazy. I mean, and I know you, I know if you're driving those potholes. Girl. Uh-uh, it's not it. <laughs> I, and this is, I think I went to, what is one of those um, new Memphis, like welcome to Memphis expo things. And mm-hmm. the leading the workshop were like, just the potholes are bad. Just in your notes, the potholes are bad. They are really bad. And I, I thought people were just exaggerating. Mm. I experienced it and I was like, this is this is really bad. Like Yeah, I, it's it's pretty bad. It's yes. not a good quality of Memphis. <laughs> it's really bad roads, but we persist, child. We persist. Um, I really wanted to also talk about did you have any role models growing up? Um, it can honestly be anyone in you could take this on as a black woman, but black woman, or just like being human period. You know, we all have our different role models. Um, for me, I'll definitely say my role models were definitely those who were in my family, like my mom, um, my dad, my Nana, my older sister, um, my older siblings, they were really pushing through, um, just a hard work ethic, um, family oriented. So I would say they definitely kept me grounded where I didn't really need much guidance because it was kind of like, well, well, we know you're going to do this. You're going to go to school. You're going to go to college. You're going to get a job. It wasn't one of those things where it was like, well, I think I'm going to be a social media influencer and go this route. Mm-hmm. A conversation like that it was kind of like, that was always the plan. Um, and I never really had to, I never really went off that path. So to say, granted, they were always supportive of trying new things and extracurriculars, but everyone pretty has a strong work ethic. Um, so I think that, that that helped me be focused. And honestly, reflecting now on some of the people who were crucial in some of the areas I went were some teachers as well. Um, teachers were influential, influential in some of, the, some of the key moments of my life as far as keeping me focused in school and mainly getting into the high school that I got into, which was a specialized high school. Um, it was a middle school art teacher who saw that I was good at art and said I should audition for the after school art club. And she was the one who saw that in me because I wouldn't have done it otherwise. So it was, it was the teacher. You're an artist? <laughs> oh, it's better. Oh my goodness. No, no, this is something you should be proud of. I love meeting new artists. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> But yes, um, it was that teacher. It was like a computer graphics class and maybe some illustration. And she was like, you need to do this, get into the after school art club. And then she helped me build out my portfolio to audition for high schools. And then I wound up going to the high school of art and design. And I was a, I came in as a commercial art major and then transferred to fashion design and illustration. So it was good, it was good. That's really good. Um, I love to hear that. Um, I really wanted to also talk about that I know that some of my role models is my aunt Charlotte. Um, she's a historian. We're both history fanatics. And so 
we we love history to death and we could talk about it for like hours on hours on end i think it's really right now she's like fighting to make sure to get her mother in the history books because she has helped a lot in the process which you know black women um they're more behind the scenes and they're not really given the credit they deserve. And um, I really wanted to also talk about that with confidence, you know, at our age as teenagers, I hate to say it, but that's something we lack. And also we lack faith and confidence. You saying you guys lack the confidence. You lack, so we lack some confidence, at least from, but it's something we also do a really good job at at the same time. (laughs) That's (laughs) true. Like we, we kind of shift there. And so I have people now they're like, Oh my gosh, you're so brave for kind of doing this podcast and stuff. It's like, I can never do it. It's like, Whoa, those, those simple phrases. So I think of asking like, what advice would you give to your teenage self about confidence or about faith? Um, definitely on the confidence piece that that was a good point because I didn't have it at that time. I was (laughs) not speaking. I was kind of in my shell um, and that also kind of dictated to the environment that was around me in school where there weren't people who looked like me. So it was a, a Hispanic dominated school mm-hmm. and Sikh Muslim Indian school. So it wasn't a lot of black students. And that was the first time I had that, um, that kind of dynamic where the elementary school right. was diverse. And then I went to middle school and everything was shifted where I was the outcast and understanding like the colorism and how people who people were Latino or different shades and all of these things. So it was like a really big culture shock, but it was different. That confidence wasn't there for me. Um, And it took some time because it just felt, I felt like an outcast, honestly. I just didn't fit in. It was like, I couldn't, I didn't relate to them and they didn't relate to me. Um, Mm -hmm. So that definitely took time to build that confidence. And I'll say that's also something that takes years also. And to your point, it's funny how you say you guys don't have confidence. It's also because of social media. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't play a role. That plays a role because now you have all the confidence on the internet. When you have to have a conversation face to face, it's like, well, I don't know what to say here. Yes, that is so, <laughs> so That is so, so true. I am, you can ask all my best friends, I love it when you call me. I have to hear your voice. I have to see face to face. Is one reason why quality time is one of my best because I just feel like I'm more engaged in the conversation that way. I can feel the energy more. Um, versus through like dry text messages. I mean, you know, it's okay. We're a text message era. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. But at the same time, I think. Um, one thing I'm learning this 2020 is to not take connection for granted because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people have lost classmates. Right. Um, they've lost so many different people. We've even lost celebrities. We've lost superheroes. Right. So I think taking connection for granted is something we definitely shouldn't do, which I think, you know, as teenagers, we kind of do it sometimes. I, I, this is the second episode and I do not, I'm not bashing my classmates i promise i love each and every one of them dearly but it's just the thing of you know we're a people that we have to see it to believe it and it really shouldn't have to be that way for us to kind of grasp the concept of connection is really important right and so what is connection for you and like what does that look like in your life like as so, as you know not older you're not old you're very old. <laughs> no. No. Oh, delete that delete that part 
as a young adult. (laughs) (laughs) What does that connection look like? So to echoing what you said, it's going to be, first of all, you're ahead of people who are my age and people who are older who are like, just shoot me a text and I don't want to call, but that's great that you still have that because we, we're going to lose that. There, I think there was, I think it was an article who was saying like, there's going to be a generation of people who are going to be scared to make business phone calls because they're just not used to that. And then there was like, there's a generation of kids who only know FaceTime phone calls, which is true. So it's like, you still need those connections. You still need that human interaction because all of that, going back to that mental health, all of that helps you feel whole, feel human, feel connected to people. Um, so to you, it is a phone call. It is a text too, but texts are fun. I love emojis. Um, <laughs> so um, it is just having those those conversations um, with people. And even social distancing, do we need to go outside and go for a walk? I'm going to wear my mask, you know, <laughs> those things. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. And 2020 has made it very hard, especially with quarantine. Or maybe I shouldn't say 2020, but COVID has COVID. made it very hard. COVID has made it really hard to do a lot of stuff that we sometimes still do, but we try our best not to. Um, And I think that's just really important. I always try and bring in like that teenage perspective, considering those are most of my viewers. But at the same time, you know, also to help me out because the system needs help too. I ain't got it all together. (laughs) And I also wanted to talk about, I am a junior. And right now college is you know, what's on everyone's mind, ACT, SAT, all of that, mm-hmm. uh, the stress continues. Um, so if, um, could you tell us about the college experience or about that as a communication in communications and community management? Yeah. So the college experience for me, and wait, let me backtrack. First of all, to you students now, I commend you all because I couldn't do this virtually. I don't <laughs> I would have done if I was a student and I missed my graduation. I just know that this can't be easy at all. Especially Please say it louder. <laughs> someone needs to hear it right it's now. It's not easy. <laughs> because if, you, if you're in the classroom, you know, you have friends, you have those connections, mm-hmm. you speak with your teacher, your professor. So it's not easy to learn virtually. I just, the most we had was classroom capture when I was in college and Blackboard where the classroom had a camera and if you wanted to rewatch your lecture, you could. That was it. Mm-hmm. There was none of this Zoom stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or that was, there was a new version of that and that was kind of the Zoom at the time. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't Zoom yet. But for me, the college experience was unique. I was a transfer student. So I knew I wanted to go to school and I knew I wanted to study sports. Um, I knew I wasn't good enough to play. So I knew. Same. <laughs> like, how, how can I be involved in sports without playing? Unlike you, I was not good at the speaking thing at the time. I would have loved to have gone and broadcast something like that. But you are, you're on the trajectory to be so great. So I can't wait to watch you years from now. <laughs> I podcast with Talisa. So, so um, I started looking up schools that had sport management. I knew I wanted to go out of state. I wanted to, since I went to school in the city in Manhattan, 
I wanted to go to a big school. I didn't want to study art anymore. And I wanted to pursue sports. And there were only a few colleges that had my major at that time, which was sport management. And I wound up, I really wanted to go to Syracuse. Mm-hmm. All my eggs in that basket got waitlisted, did not get in. So I said, okay, exactly. This is hey, not- but look at you now though. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of worked out better that I didn't get in there in that kind of small town, all that snow. It wouldn't have worked out because I wound up going to Seton Hall University in South Orange, New Jersey, which was a small school, but kind of in a big city. Um, and it was 45 minutes from New York. Okay. So I went there and this is going to sound bad, but then the first two weeks I was like, I'm a transfer. I already know it. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to transfer. This school is just too small. It, but my I'm still friends with a lot of the people there, like one of my best friends I met there. So Aww. that helps too, like having those relationships with some of the people. That's an experience you can never get back. Um, but I knew I was going to transfer. One of my best friends, her high school best friend, came to our school to go to a party. And she, I was like, what school do you go to? And she's like, I go to Temple University. And I was like, well, what do you think about it? She's like, I love it. So when that was her first reaction, I said, well, let me look up Temple and see what they're about. And they have a really great sport management program. They make sure you hit the ground running. You have to have 250 hours of industry-related experience before your junior year. Whoa do a part-time junior internship and then on top of that you have to do a full-time senior internship so yes they are our dean saying was i don't make friends i make alumni so they are making sure sure you're getting um invested in this industry and it was sports management hospitality were the two majors and it was great um, going from there, I was able to have, you're only supposed to do two internships. And again, being a black girl, double minority in this industry, I, I did six, six and three years. So wow. it was proving a point that I took this serious. I wanted to learn. I was eager to diversify my resume and going, not getting into Syracuse sent me to Philadelphia, which had all of these sports teams, which made that so much more enriching because going to Syracuse, I could have only been like a team manager or something like mm-hmm. that. I did that at Temple and had all of these other internships working with the Eagles, all of these things, Yankees. And it was like, mm-hmm. and that city was like a melting pot of all of these opportunities. So it worked out to be just a much, much better ending. Well, I'm more fascinated now. This is so cool uh, because I'm the same way. Uh, Talisa at 16 was not Talisa at six years old and can't play a lick. <laughs> can't do anything. So I'm like, okay, how can I get involved? You know, my family, they're kind of a sports family and mm-hmm. basketball is kind of like one thing. And my best friend, the black basketball player, uh, he's going to be in the NBA. Um, I hope he's in the um, but yeah, that's exactly what I really want to do and how I can I, you know, use all of my tools to kind of get intertwined with like sports management and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I'm getting so many questions and I, I knew they were coming, but I didn't know they were going to come like this. <laughs> okay, what school are you going to go to? Have you looked up schools yet? Um, wait, have you registered for the ACT? I'm like, y'all, we just got into school. We're a month late. <laughs> we're on, we're virtual. Do you yes. See? 
and school is stressful as is just ask a person uh anyone i promise <laughs> they will all say the they will say the same thing but um one thing that i love to talk about in in this is about sustaining endurance because uh, well something that i talked about in my last episode and that i kind of boil over into all the episodes is that you know someone mentioned that when we're younger we're told that we can do anything we want to do but then when we get older it kind of like fades and you know it just it's just like we when we're younger we're like I remember when I was younger I don't know about nobody else I was like I want to be a fashion designer I actually you know I got into sewing but it didn't work out I was like I want to do this. I'm gonna be. A, I'm gonna be a basketball player. I'm gonna be in the women's football league. I'm gonna all these things. things. Yes. I don't do any of that. Um, <laughs> I am a dancer, but it. I mean, dancing is great. Um, but wait, I used to dance too. That's so funny. I used to. So I started dancing when I was five, and then I stopped when I was seventeen. So yes, that is a lot of years. <laughs> Gosh, this is my 11th year dancing. Look at you. Ballet on wheels. Yes. I started when I was five, too. That's really crazy. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to make a career out of it, but I'll always love dancing. But, you know, we always say that, you know, the impossible is possible when we're younger. We can do anything we put our minds to. But then when we get older, it's like, dang, what was I thinking about? You know? (laughs) I really thought I could do that. And it's like, why does it get so hard once you're older? You know, you're like, I can do anything I put my mind to. I can do it all. Mm -hmm, Yeah, yeah. And now you're here and you're like, sis, what was I thinking? Look at Look what I have to do. The list just keeps it dead. Right. I got to do all of these things. (laughs) I guess I'm going to just have to, I guess I'm going to just have to settle. But I was like, I don't know if I can do do that. I don't ever settle. <laughs> I can't. I can't settle. Um, no, I can't settle when greatness is awaiting, right? And I think Talk that's yes. I think that's something um, everyone should really know because I've talked to people now who are like a lot older than me, and they're like, you know, I'm just gonna do what's convenient. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that's what should be taught. We shouldn't right. do what's convenient. You know, people have dreams, especially little black boys and girls. We have like really big dreams and they should be known that they can be fulfilled. So mm-hmm. like, what do you say about that? Because our other guest, she was just incredible. She's an entrepreneur nice. and here in Memphis and she like creates a hair oil. And I was like, yes, thank you. I need it. What's her name? I need to support. <laughs> yes. Her name is Jayla Marie. Um, okay. Yes. Jayla Marie or Jayla Hampton, excuse me. Um, but she she really mentioned that, and you know, as we're young, when we're younger, like when we're teenagers, it's really stressful trying to do like homework and then also trying to put our minds to whatever we need to put our minds to. Like mm-hmm. trying to juggle this podcast and homework is extremely hard, but we persist. Um, we, we persist. We must persist. Um, <laughs> so what do you have to say about that? You said it perfectly where you said people rather do what's convenient instead of being uncomfortable. Mm. It happens all too often where people do settle 
people would rather do either not even what's convenient, what's easy. Mm. Easy and allows them to just do what they're comfortable doing because some people are okay. Some people like to go to work, come home, go to work, come home. Some people are like that where they just work like robots and mm-hmm. like how they live and they're okay with that. For me, I, I cannot just live where I'm only going to work and I don't feel fulfilled in the work that I'm doing that doesn't, it's not really sustainable for me. I know I've said, you know, people say work-life blend. Um, and I was like, like there needs to be work-life balance. Like there needs to be a difference in- Wait a second, say that again. That's what, <laughs> wait a second. That might be the, the head of the episode. I wait a second. It needs to be work-life balance because- Work-life balance. Merged into two things because that's not fair to us. You know, I shouldn't, what is it? Working to live. Um, what's, what's the saying? So many people are working to live instead of living- oh work like if you yeah if you love the work you do it never feels like you have a job in a day a day in your life so yeah. but you you've said it perfectly some people are just so comfortable especially being complacent complacent being um doing what's convenient um instead of doing what's uncomfortable because you never know what happens when you step out of your comfort zone and people are often times me too i'm guilty of this um feel uh excuse me fear of failing is a big thing because we don't want to, especially with the social media world, what people say, oh, social media is just people want to put this lifestyle and people only come on social media to celebrate their successes, but failure is happening. And they said, we need to do more of a job of recognizing failure and saying that that's okay. That's a part of life. That's a part of your growth. Um, I think it was on Twitter and somebody's like, um, I didn't get the job, but you know, that's okay. I'm just showing y'all this is real. <laughs> so like, that's true. Like, this is what needs to be happening because interviewing is hard. Like applying for jobs is hard. I'm sure applying to colleges, that's hard because that's stressful too. Like that's your first taste of the real world. And that rejection sometimes weighs on people, especially when you're, especially once you graduate, this is going to be the real deal. You are not going to graduate and immediately get a job. If you do, you are, you are great. You are phenomenal, but that doesn't happen for everyone. So that downtime where you're like, I worked this hard for what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have a job. I don't have anything to show for it. That downtime is really going to show you what you're made of. And some people, when the going gets tough, they get going. So mm-hmm. what, do you have it in you to, to do what really fulfills you? And to your point too, sometimes mm. when you're younger and you have all these aspirations and dreams, it's easier to say, oh, I'm going to do this, this, and this because I'm young. And then when you get older, you try to do that. People are like, no, you need to figure it out. And this needs to be your life plan. And where do you see yourself 10 years from now? And it's like, that is a really long span of time. Mm. I to, to say, what am I going to do in three years? What, like, what is this doing to fulfill me? What am I doing to fulfill my community? What, what do those things look like? So when you're an adult, it's just a little bit harder to kind of be a little bit more like a Renaissance woman, so to say. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's a really good answer. And <laughs> it's, a, it's a really awesome point that you made um, about, you know, kind of keeping that going and how I know that it's really hard to do because I don't, want to grow up and that's something that I fear fear of the future is that I don't want to grow up and then I'm like 
can I really do it? You know, you start to doubt yourself. You start to doubt all of the faith. Mm -hmm. you start to doubt. And then when you do that, you also doubt all of your hard work as well. Because you've come this far. I mean, you can't give up now. Like, that's right. what I was, you know, I talk to my friends all the time and we're like, trying to keep each other and push each other through virtual schooling because it's something totally different from us and the teachers are definitely giving more work than usual oh, we don't like that that's happening for school and work oh my god it's it's honestly very hectic and crazy and you know what i know just as much as the students are stressed out the teachers are stressed out mm -hmm. everyone's stressed out everyone's stress 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 and i just wouldn't want to have to go through you know i've said that 2020 has also kind of been like a blessing and a curse i don't like to say a curse but like it's been a blessing mm -hmm. and a curse and so many opportunities like i've gotten to meet you and some other great <laughs> panelists and even some more endeavors that i couldn't even like this podcast, I think now if I were in school, I don't think I would ever come up with this idea. I don't think this would have Aww. ever come to mind if I hadn't taken some time to just be like, all right, I'm going to talk to God and God going to give me this idea and it's going to be great. And, you right. know, and so I just want to really encourage students and also people that are way older than me that are still finding, you know, their ways because there are a lot of expectations there's a lot of expectations placed upon us, not just as teenagers, right. but as young adults. You know, I have right. a sister, she's 24 and, you know, I know it can get stressful in that life. She's going to school for, I think the third or fourth time getting her um, master's in divinity school. And nice. so she's, I'm in school again. No. But, that's, but that's to your point too. It's like, you don't, adults don't have to be married to this career. Like, mm. it's okay to change your career if you're still now on the flip side. Don't just be saying, I'm, I'm going to keep changing my career every year. We don't do that. <laughs> but if you're truly unhappy and you feel like you've given it your all in what you've been doing and you just feel like it's weighing on you, on your mental health, and it's not what you envision for your life, and you feel like, I'm just going to be going to work and coming home, and, and then I'm going to die. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should yeah. be living like that. So if you do need to go to school again and get another degree, I feel like that's fine. If you do need to change your career and do that, I feel like that's fine too. And to your point, you're you're doing something great. This is a blessing and a curse because people don't have time to figure out kind of these new hobbies and entrepreneurship, yeah. just like your podcast. So that's mm -hmm. great that you're able to do this and to to find a new craft. Um, yeah. This is gonna look great on your resume. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone keeps saying. Right, you can like, put this on that right. resume, though. That resume, podcast experience, experience, right. Zoom clips, all of these things. So it's like you would be able to just build that out, and now you kind of have this craftsmanship, and you're well ahead, well ahead of where you thought you would have been. Now you go to college, and you might work for the college radio station. So something like that, where it's kind of like you're already taking those steps. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree because I kind of had that mindset that I was like, you know what, girl, you're going go to you gonna get that really good grade on the ACT. <laughs> you're going to go to a free ride for college. And then you're going to get an internship at your favorite magazine. And I'm like, okay, this, <laughs> now where did this come from? And <laughs> It's just like all these things and I, I'm just so passionate about that because I see students break down and I mm -hmm. even break down myself. You know, I see students just 
go crazy. I see adults go crazy. That's right. a little bit more scary. That's a little bit more scary than seeing a student go crazy. Because I'm like, dude, what's happening? I thought you were like okay with your bills and stuff or whatever adults right. do. Like, and it's like I totally believe that success failure it doesn't discriminate and it doesn't have an age right it doesn't matter what it is you know you can choose to live in this or you can choose to kind of like all right I'm gonna pass this right. and um that's why I feel like it's so healing to do these these episodes because as soon as like I talk about it and I talk through it it shows me just how much more faith I have exactly. lingering on you know and that's something that should just be instilled in everyone you know girl you made it this far Keep going. Oh, like, you can keep going. Right. <laughs> like, sis, you got through yeah. that thing. Right. It's and like you if you're in a harm being somebody's chasing you. I'm not gonna stop because I'm tired. <laughs> I'm gonna keep going. I want to get to I want to get out of this. So yes. You don't exactly. stop when it gets tough. You have to keep going because right. the worst chapter of your book. If you stop when it gets bad, you just choose it to stay in a bad I don't care. I don't care how much I'm hurting. I'm not staying in that bad chapter. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm trying to get out. Okay? My mom said, said, she was like, you know what? If you're going through a storm, why would you stop in the middle of it? You know? You're just going to be sitting there raining. It's just going to be raining. You're just going to be sitting there, and it's just going to be lightning everywhere. What is going on? And you got to try and make it to the other side. And so I think I think that's a really good note to end on. I really, really, really appreciate you. And this could go on forever. We could laugh. But this is therapeutic. Like what you said, saying it helps. Yes. See what you want. It's like you're manifesting it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I believe in like powers of attraction. Yeah. It'll come true. So saying it helps. But I think this is great. This is great. No, really. Like. Uh, this is the second episode, but it already is just so therapeutic to do this. I mean, shout out to Jayla because doing that with someone who was like my age and knowing that she's kind of going through the same thing as an entrepreneur, it was like, dang, and she's a Libra. But that's another story because <laughs> that is really another story because that's, we got to leave that to the first episode. Child, calm down, Lisa. But I, it was just so therapeutic to be like, wow, I'm not the only one in this. Mm -hmm. Wow, I'm not the only one trying to keep afloat. You know, I'm not the only one with this, that, and the other, and this, that, and the third. And then to hear that adults are, like, having a bad time adulting, I'm like, this This was supposed to be fun, adulting. (laughs) Millennials didn't create, we created this word, and we don't even like it here. (laughs) We don't like it here. I'm like, what? Adults are bad at adulting? Okay. I get it. So success and failure, it's it's for everyone. For everyone. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um I just really appreciate you. I really thank you. I had a wonderful time. I knew this was gonna be great, but this <laughs> this exceeded everything. Um I really thank you um for having me and honestly, well, we had a good time. So we did. Thank <laughs> you for having me. I would love to come back. Yes. Please, you know, we're going to have more of these episodes, but... (laughs) Perfect, perfect. Hey, turn me up, Nate.